Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Greetings and welcome to Under Consultation, the episode-by-episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Ho-Ho-Hoen. And laminated to preserve lifespan at the hands of the general public, I am Ash Versus. And it is our second Christmas special, Ash, where we're basically going to go through the 1994 to 1995 autumn and winter Argos Catalog Book of Dreams. Yep. This is essentially the lazy podcast we do to wrap up the year because you know what? We've had to do a lot the past month or so. It's been crazy. I'm actually slightly concerned for January as well because at this point last year, we pre-recorded episodes that were going to be going up in January as well. So these were sort of like ones that could cover us a little bit and we had episodes were going to go up. We have not got that this year. No, we do not. We are going to have to do some uh, some patch job recordings over the next couple of weeks to not only carry us through the first few weeks of the new year, but to give us time to prepare for under consultation live, which, look, we're not going to dwell on the negatives at the moment, but we know we might have to change plans we might have to alter things. One way or another, be it in-person or live stream, we will do under consultation live. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll find a way to do it. Also, if you hear this on the day of release, you can go to underconsultation.com and pre-order our limited run live t-shirts and zip-up hoodies. Oh, they do look good and I do love a zip-up hoodie, me. Oh, mate, we're both getting zip-up hoodies. We are absolutely definitely getting zip-up hoodies because th- that that's kind of like a merch goal for me. I've still got a couple that I want to do, but I prefer a zip-up hoodie because I can't take a normal hoodie off without exposing my midriff to the world. Mm. No, no one needs to see that. Back, like back in the day, I used to have a zip-up hoodie. I had a zip-up corn hoodie as well. And when, you know, sort of if you were a, a metal kid and hoodies were all the rage, and my friends all had those sorts of hoodies. And I never really fully fathomed and understood it because I also had curtains. 
So you'd spend a long time in the morning sorting your curtains out, and you've got to try and take a hoodie off, and all you've got to do is just mess your hair up. So my argument was like, well, I've got a zip-up one. I can just take it off like a jacket. Yeah, it, you, you've also means you've not just got hoodie on and off states. You've got hoodie on, unzipped, hoodie on, zipped, hoodie on, unzipped, but hood up, hoodie on, zipped, but hood up, and hood down. There's... You've got so many more style choices. Although, if you've got your curtains sorted, you're not going to be putting that hood up, are you, Luke? No, absolutely not. No, no. It is either. The, the jacket is either done up or it is done down. That's it. Two stars that it. for you. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's, that's, that's all I'm doing. Although, I, genuinely, people used to say that I wasn't like... It, it was weird that I had a zip-up hoodie when everyone else just had regular hoodies. I never I never saw the fascination in them. I like, I like, the, I like a zip-up hoodie. In the same way that if I ever wear a shirt... I tend to wear like shirts open like even if i'm wearing a cardigan at the moment i won't do this cardigan up i will just literally just have this cardigan draped over me and open it's just much more comfy that way i'm essentially like randall in clerks i mean you are i I am definitely the dante of this equation (laughs) that's how we should do under consultation live we should just go take over a convenience store and stream it from there There while serving customers Oh, and it would be great if it weren't for those fucking customers. But uh, anyway, it is uh, Christmas 2021, Ash. Um, just before we came on here, you said you weren't feeling particularly festive at the moment. I'm maybe the, hoping that doing this and afterwards we're going to be recording UCP Extra for our Patreon community, uh, re- uh, reviewing the Christmas episode of EastEnders from 1994. Like, it, it does, Will this help you get into that festive spirit? I hope so. I mean, to say that I'm not feeling festive is kind of... Uh, it's not entirely true. I want to feel festive. I want to be full of the joy of the season. Mainly what I am is pretty bloody tired. Mm-hmm. For reasons you're all aware of and just for the general day-to-day job, it's it's a week. It's less than a week from Christmas. And, you know, I've got my shopping done. That's fine. I've got my presents and everything. And I imagine once I reach the end of today... And my work is done for the year, while some stuff are under consultation. But my day job work is done for the year. Then I'll relax. Then I will get festive. Then, Luke, maybe I'll have a mince pie. (gasps) The mince pie. The argument rears its ugly head once again for the second year running. Generally, I just get tagged on Discord, basically. People going like, I'm having a mince pie, Luke. Are you having one yet? It's not even me. I'm I'm innocent of this. I have not brought it up at all this year until just now. It's massy. Yeah, I, they're, they're, they're very passionate about their pies. Uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy mince pie if you choose to enjoy another... Fe- that's, that's actually a good point. You don't like mince pies. You're not a fan of Christmas pudding or Christmas cake either, if I remember correctly. Not, not particularly, no. What is your favourite festive sweet treat? Uh, quality Street. It is just Quality Street. Yeah, Quality Street, particularly the... Uh, that's, 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 uh, that's not Christmas. I'd say the quality streets are very Christmassy theme. My brother was over the other week, actually, and he he himself was not feeling particularly festive, so he put up our tree with us, um, our second tree, in fact, because we're a two-tree household. And Posh that, bastards. I know, right? Uh, and th- that sort of actually helped. But what he did say was like, do you know what would really make me feel Christmassy is if you, we had a tub of quality street. So I went down to the shops and bought myself a tub of quality street. It's actually the second tub I bought this year, and I've now bought a third. That's a lot of Quality Street. You're keeping them in business. But I guess the thing is, you can get boxes and or tubs of Quality Street all year round, can't Mm. you, really? You can do, but no one buys them. But is there a treat or sweet that you like that you can only traditionally get at Christmas? I don't think there is, because everything I would say are things that you can probably just get all year round. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think there is anything that is sort of like Christmas specific that I would that I would just get. That shocks me for someone that is Mr. Fucking Christmas. Well, yeah, and you know what? And I, and I do absolutely love Christmas and I like everything that goes around Christmas, but there's a lot of things like, do you know what? I, I love uh, a Christmas dinner. Absolutely love a Christmas dinner and a Christmas starter and things like that. But the sweet part of Christmas is not something that I absolutely get on board with. Because you know what else I don't like? I don't like Twiglets. And I feel like Twiglets are very Christmassy as well. They are. They're Christmas party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are something that you can definitely buy all year round. I'm quite partial to a Twiglet. Thankfully, they don't make me violent. So I, I do like one on occasion. But they are very much Christmas because it wasn't just Twiglets at Christmas. It was tubs of Twiglets. That's right, Christmas. yeah. Oh, yeah, my in-laws have just brought some round because they know it's Christmas. And do they know it's Christmas uh, after all? They've brought a tub of Twiglets around, so clearly they do. You're going to send the Twiglets to Africa? <laughs> well, the rivers don't flow, even though they do, Barno. The, the Nile's quite famous for that. Um, but the, uh, do you remember back in the 90s when they had curried Twiglets? Oh, I do not. Yeah, they came I, like I mean, I'll be honest, I remember, there being, I remember there being some different flavoured Twiglets. Now, I use the word flavoured in Bucky O'Hare is because mm. really it's difficult to get past the Marmite. You know, the yeast kind of overbears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I don't particularly like about Twiglets. I don't like Marmite. So, but they did, the one year they had curry flavoured Twiglets and they were absolutely delightful and they've never done them again since. Huh. Yeah, I, I've genuinely forgotten about those. I remember flavoured quavers. It's going off on the snack tangent a bit, but there was mm. a time when you got prawn cocktail qu- quavers. Yes, I'd actually forgotten about that until you and I did Games Master Live 1992 and there was that Colin Curley game. I was trying to find some quavers adverts to put into the, the ad break of that episode and I found quavers adverts talking about the different flavoured quavers. <laughs> now, Colin. We'd like you to tell us what flavours these new quavers are. Mm, bacon flavour, give me another. Good, good. Mm, mm, prawn cocktail flavour, I love it, give me another. No, no. Oops. <laughs> quavers, watch out, they taste curly. And I genuinely had a moment of like, oh yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. I don't know if I'm feeling festive yet, Luke, but I am feeling hungry. I want some snacks. I want some tasty, tasty snacks. I want some pigs in bloody blankets right now. Yes, well, is it, yeah, I mean, as a vegetarian, that's one of the things I really do miss, actually, is, is pigs in blankets. And I was doing the big Christmas shop the other day because we're hosting this year. Uh, so I've got my parents coming around, my brother and sister coming around. Uh, bearing in mind, touch wood, at the time of this recording, that is what is happening. Touch bloody wood um, on Monday the 20th, five days before <laughs> Christmas. Um, so yeah, that's the plan is that we're hosting. So I had to go to do the big Christmas shop, the big Christmas food shop, which meant, Ash, I couldn't just go to my local Sainsbury's. I had to go to the big Morrison's in, May- in Maidstone. That's how big the Christmas shop was. I had to go. I had to drive half an hour to go to Maidstone and go to the Big Morrison's, and I had a fucking brilliant time. You, really, I did not expect that punchline. I was like, I was ready for you to go. It was a fucking nightmare. No, no, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I had a little podcast on. I walked around, getting spuds, getting carrots, getting parsnips, getting Yorkshire puds, getting everything, and getting all the party food. But the thing with the party food is that I was looking at like meat style party food. And it was like, oh man, like little miniature burgers, little miniature pork belly cuts. Can't have any of that. 
Like I, I've got some vegetable spring rolls and I've got some fun bits and bobs, but there were some like meat-based party food snacks that I was like, yeah, do you know what? That's that's one of the things I do miss about uh, since becoming vegetarian. It reminds me of a Christmas many years ago. It was kind of like uh, an odds and ends Christmas. A bunch of us got together in London uh, to spend Christmas together. This was way back in the early 2000s. And there were a couple there. And one of them was a very staunch vegetarian and her partner was not. But because of the dynamic of that relationship, he was also a staunch vegetarian. (laughs) Right. Okay. And so they had their essentially nut roast because it was the early 2000s. And if you didn't have a turkey or meat or fish at Christmas, you had a nut roast. That was kind of your option. Mm -hmm. We had beef wellington. Oh my God, it's the absolute worst, isn't it? There's a punchline to this. There's a punchline to this. So we're all sat around the table at Christmas and the nut roast is on one plate and the beef wellington with its flaky pastry is on the other. And not only that, but this has been wrapped in differing layers of foil. So one end is medium to well, going up to rare at the other end. We have catered Mm -hmm. for all preferences of meat cooking. And during the passing of a piece of meat, it slips and falls onto her plate. Uh-oh. Yeah. Immediately, her partner's like, don't worry, we'll swap, because he was desperate for some of that beef wellington. And he was like, it was just like, no, okay, yeah, the meat's back, the meat's back, but he had some meat juice on the plate. Mm-hmm. And he was, oh. oh, he was desperate for that beef. I, I um, went out for New Year's a couple of years ago, and it, this was like the first year that I'd, I'd just become vegetarian as well, and we went out for a meal. Never again. I don't even know why we did this in the first place. I'd just rather go around to someone's house, have some nibbles and have a few drinks for New Year's that. But um, we went out for a meal and we went to this pub and the pub menu, if you were a meat eater, was vast. And everyone had full, like basically Christmas dinner, massive slice of meat, all the trimmings, this, that and the other. The only vegetarian option was mushroom stroganoff served on top of a butternut squash. Now, there's a pause there, because that's a fucking <sighs> weird meal in and of itself. See, mushroom stroganoff, that's nice. I like a mushroom stroganoff. That's good. It's not bad, but it was just, it was served on butternut squash of all things. I also like butternut squash, but I would never look at a mushroom stroganoff and go, you know what that needs? Butternut squash. And I'd never look at a butternut squash and go, you know what I want to put on top of that? Mushroom stroganoff. There's a half of butternut squash as well. It literally just been cut in half and it was used as like basically a plate, a plate with on the plate. And did they I'm, cook it? They did yeah, they did cook it, yeah. But it was just okay. like it was just a weird dish. Because now I'm eating rice and, and butternut squash. And I look down the table at everyone's plates and I'm like, 90% of that's fing veg. Why can't I just have just give me the plate of that and take the meat off of it and I'll be happy as Larry? Give me some mushroom stroganoff instead of the meat. They could have. They could have given you all the fixings, and then instead of the beef gravy, you've got the mushroom stroganoff and you've got the creamy sauce. Exactly. It was such an easy fix, but no, I had to have this sad plate of mushroom stroganoff with butternut squash, served on top of a butternut squash. Dreadful it was. I may not be a vegetarian, but I am really glad that you have a broader choice, both in your supermarket now and also in restaurants, pubs and other dining establishments. It's a remarkable step forward we have taken and hopefully one that we continue to make over the coming years. I completely agree with you on that one because I, I, I probably picked a better time to do it than saying like my brother did when he did it in the 90s and 
was limited for choice whenever we went out anywhere. Also, now I am really, really fucking hungry. <laughs> I know, we recorded this at lunch. If you can't tell, it's bang on midday. <laughs> lunch is around the corner. But we've got to talk about the Argos catalogue first, uh, Ash, before we get into that. Now, you and I both said before we came on air as well, when we did this last year, we only had like the mini catalogue, didn't we? That just sort of had like a selection of things from it. This time we've got the full... 600 odd page mammoth catalogue that it is yeah now i went looking to see if there was a christmas light catalogue for this year and i couldn't find one not only could i not find one just on that there internet but even the archive.org copy of argos's own kind of like retrospective of all the argos catalogues didn't have a christmas catalogue for 1994 in it so either one wasn't made or it was so slim they didn't bother with it or they've just lost it. Yes, just lost to the sands of time. Unless, you know, a collector has got one. In which case, they'll be flipping it on eBay. And I've bought collector's items off eBay. I've paid money for stuff that was otherwise given away free. I draw the line at Argos catalogues. Do you know what? There's, so Mike Matei, who used to work for Cinemassacre, he used to collect Sears catalogues, like, like through the years and through the decades and stuff. And there was one point where I did things like, oh, that's a cool collection to have because what a lovely bit of nostalgia to flick through. And then I thought, nope, that would be a complete waste of space, time and money. Yeah, particularly money, particularly like if if you find, say, like a box full of Argos catalogues, you know, when you're clearing out your grand shed or something, that's an investment. That's 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 some good old times of nostalgia. But people selling the catalogues on eBay or worse yet. People downloading PDFs from the internet, burning them to a CD and flipping those CDs on eBay. Yeah, I've seen you. When they haven't done any work. I mean, let's be blunt. This scan that we've looked through of the Argos catalogue is pretty bobbins. It's not a great scan. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's fair. It's It's a bit clipped in places. And very pixelated. Like, there are some entries where I've just had to guess what the words are. Yeah, there was a, there was a few times where I wanted to write down the, the descriptions of things, and I was like, mm, I can sort of make out what this is saying, but not 100% sure. But one of the problems of having this full catalogue was suddenly we went from having a nice kind of, like, uh, curated selection of gifts to choose from to having not only the entire Argos catalogue, but the Argos Plus, the inclusive of the Superstore, there's a lot of items here you could only get in an Argos Superstore. So I think both of us, for the most part, stuck with the toys and tech section. Yeah, I mean, you can easily skip the first 100 pages of this because it's just jewellery. 681 pages this Argos catalogue is, 100 pages of it were just the jewellery stuff at the start. Some of the sections we get in this catalogue, I've got a few that I've highlighted just because I can't believe we ever sold that in an Argos catalogue. It seems weird to me now. Do you know what jumped out to me? Just because we we said we'd kind of like, you know, talk about some of the notes we made while we were flicking through it. I don't recall Argos selling Games Workshop stuff. I'm just scrolling through and all of a sudden I get towards the end and I'm like, Warhammer 40k stuff here. I just don't remember Argos ever selling that. Starter sets. They did stuff for starter sets. I don't think I ever got one, but I know people that did. And it was part of when Games Workshop, I think, was they were big. Mm-hmm. at this time they were Huge. definitely on the rise well 40k was probably around this point and 40k really did like explode games workshop in the 90s because i think warhammer had sort of died off a little bit and 40k really brought it back in i also just want to say i can already hear the voices coming from people that are on our discord about our very potted view on warhammer just there <laughs> it's okay we know we're probably wrong yeah but i thought seeing warhammer was pretty cool what surprised me 
was the page of CDs. Yeah. Well, funny enough, actually, one of the gifts I picked out for you was from that page. Oh, funny that. I wonder what that could be, knowing full well what it probably is. 1987 was a Warhammer 40k, for the record. I've just, I just Wikipedia'd it. Cool. So they can stop shouting now. I, st- I stand by for the record. The Warhammer was proper shit and no one cared about it in the, in the 90s, though. Everyone was into 40k. I, I still stand by that point. I'll be honest, I think most of the models I painted was 40k. There was something about the Space Marine design. It yep. was cool. They had chainsaws. It was so much cooler than Warhammer. It really was. 40k was way better than Warhammer. And let's just ignore how problematic the entire law is, because apparently a lot of fans do, or did. Although, full credit to Games Workshop for taking a strong stance recently against use of hate speech and hate symbols at their events or around their shops. And basically going, it's got no place here. We will ask you to leave. You will not be welcome. And we encourage our partners to be the same. Good. Well done then. But shall we kind of back and forth it, one gift to each other, Mm -hmm. and then just see where we go and maybe pepper in some of our other observations along the way? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, do do you want to give a, what was the first gift? I mean, we're we're at the CD page. Let me go, let me scroll up to where the CD page is. Where are we? That's page... Uh, 548. For those playing along at home. (laughs) Uh, Scroll 548. God, there's a lot of pages here, isn't there? I took screenshots of my relevant pages. Oh, yeah, you're a smart lad. 548, I'm there. Right, here we go. We've got uh, 12 CDs on offer, 10 CDs on offer here. Was this your gift to me, or was it? It, I I mean, yeah, so the CD, I mean, there's some pretty obvious choices I could have gone for here. There's a Pink Floyd CD on here. There is, there is. There's a Division Bell. There's a meatloaf CD on here. There is indeed Bat Out of Hell 2. But the CDs I, was, I actually had picked out for you were Beatles Red and Beatles Blue. Great, great choice. Beatles Red and Beatles Blue were CDs that I borrowed from my local library a lot. In fact, I'm impressed with the price of them here because they were often really, really pricey. A lot of the Beatles releases were. But this was a great way, over four CDs to get a nice, concise picture of the entire Beatles back catalogue. But being the kind of Beatles fan I am, I always spent more time on Beatles Blue on the latter half of their career. I just thought they were like really interesting albums because they're the ones that you don't often hear talked about, really. When it comes to Beatles, like we were covering in our 1994 time period that there was a bit of a resurgence because the the lost Beatles single uh, was released and this and the other. But you know, in a couple of years' time, Beatles 1 comes out. And I think that sort of becomes like the dominant Beatles album that people go to as like as the retrospective look at what the Beatles history was. And it kind of left Red and Blue behind. I mean, Red and Blue had been around for a while at this point. They were first released in the 70s, like they were LPs. And I've actually got now um, original pressings of Red and Blue downstairs in my vinyl collection. Um, they are much-loved albums. What was interesting, though, is that they weren't just singles. They weren't just album tracks. There was there was a mixture of stuff that had come out as singles. There was a mixture of stuff that was album tracks only. And also, they were advertised as the only two authorised collections of the Beatles. There were a lot of other Beatles compilations out there, put out there by EMI, put out there by lots of different kind of like record labels that had different rights to them a lot across the world you can go to most used record stores and see a whole bunch of beatles collections that are essentially bootlegs Mm. but bootlegs released by record labels that owned rights in certain territories like there's some fascinating indian beatles compilations out there oh yeah but i had a lot of love for red and blue i also loved the cover artwork because both of the covers showed the beatles in the same place 
but at different time periods. So Reg, you've got the fresh, young-faced Beatles of the early to mid-60s when they're all in their matching suits and they're all clean-shaven. It's that please, please me photo. And then you've got the Beatles blue, which is my my kind of style of Beatles. And you've got John has gone full Jesus. Ringo has got the tash and the long hair. Paul actually looks mostly like Paul. And George is in what I consider kind of like his prime configuration of head hair and facial hair. Mm. I just, I love that Beatles blue album. I will pop that on and just bop through the entire thing. Every track on it is an absolute winner. It also, really is, actually. I, I, I'm sorry to, to cut you off because I've, I've just watched the um, Beatles Get Back documentary on on Disney Plus, and so I've been in a bit of a Beatles mood as of late. And that was the one that I went to in the end of like, what did I want to listen to? I listened to um, I listened to the White Album, and I listened to Let It Be, obviously, because that's the album that was featured in the documentary. The White Album is like a, 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 one of my favorites, and I, I, I just adore. And then I went to Red and Blue. A sort of a nice way to just sort of like get a nice real history and sort of walk through the timeline of things. Have you ever listened to the Love Album? The Love Album? The Cirque du Soleil soundtrack? I have not, no. You absolutely should. It is a bold, bold take on the Beatles music. It's on your Spotify. You can, you can find it easily enough. But it was produced with some real love and you have never heard some of their songs like this. I heartily recommend it. It's a solid 60 minutes of music. It's almost like one big track because, mm. of course, it's designed to go with a show. And yeah, I absolutely recommend that as a really fresh way to hear their music. I yeah. mean, I've got the number one album. I've got the number one albums because there's been a couple of revisions of it. But for me, the red and the blue will always be where it is. That and the Past Masters albums, they're also pretty damn good. Past Masters 1 and 2, which is now available as a single CD combination. I'm just going to give a, a quick shout out as well to my boss, Ollie Davis, because if you ever have a conversation with him about the Beatles, he will say to you, my favourite Beatles album is one. Love the Beatles. Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. It's a very Ollie statement. <laughs> it really is. Uh, right. So that's there's your, I mean, I'm carrying that as just one gift as well to get you red and blue. That's cool. I cheat later as well. <laughs> now Luke do you remember what one of the first gifts I got you last year was I don't think I did was it the Sonic bed sheets it was the Sonic bed sheets because they're again in this one they're different this time they are slightly different this time around guess what you're getting as your first gift this time <laughs> I'm getting some new Sonic bed sheets I mean you're a teenager at this point Luke you're going to need to change your bedding quite often mm -hmm. oh yeah teenage boys can't be doing with them Thankfully, you don't have that in your future. But as of, as of yet, anyway. As of yet. <laughs> oh, no, you're not already thinking of the difficult second album, are you? <laughs> Actually, Kate said to me the other day, it's like, we got really lucky with this first one. Do we want to risk it with the second? Because this one's this one's different. What if the second one's a prick? I mean, it could happen. Statistically speaking, sooner or later, particularly given how good this baby has been to you, you're going to get a Damien. <laughs> exactly. But I actually really, really like this Sonic bedding so it's on page 251 and i think it's way classier than last year's it's mm -hmm. more mature yeah it's funny as well because i said to you last year that was the bedding that i had the one that i, I picked out last year i'm starting to think it's actually this one because i remember the checkboard bit around the side and i don't think that checkboard one was on the last year's one i do like the black and gray patterning so you've got a black and gray pattern with the sonic the hedgehog logo you've got a night kind of sky with a big bright star and sonic racing across the sky 
and Sonic logo and Sonic on the pillow that also has the black and grey checkboard pattern. It's the fact they've gone for black and grey rather than black and white. It just makes it feel that little bit classier. Mm, it's nice, isn't it? Really, really yeah. tasty. And the underside is just completely pitch black as well. So you can just flip it over if, you, you know, if you're bringing a lady home and you want to look cool and you don't want to have your Sonic bedsheets on show. Flip that over and now it just looks like you've got a black duvet on. I'm sorry, but no, if you're bringing a lady home and you want to impress the lady, then the Sonic... <laughs> Are you telling me there are people out there that are not impressed by a Sonic bedsheet, Luke? I find that hard to believe. Yeah, well, my wife was less than impressed. <laughs> what, really? <laughs> yeah. I want to believe you still had a Sonic bedsheet when you first met her. Oh, no, I, I, mean, I kind of wanted one, though. I thought it have been really cool. My, my mate Ash, sorry, no, you're my mate Ash, my friend Woods, I meant to say. Um, you both look like you both had long hair and a goatee. Um, he, We're just interchangeable he, at this point. <laughs> he, um... Well, he was one of the people I worked with at GameStation in Pompey, and he had a Thundercats duvet. It was a, a double, like, um, king-size Thundercats duvet and stuff that he'd had from when he was a teenager. And his flag got robbed. And Woods had, like, the most impressive retro collection I've ever seen in my life. It was, like, wall-to-wall. It was, like, walking around a museum. He had, like, sort of, like, absolutely everything, and everything was boxed, and everything was, like, a lot of shrink wrap stuff and this and the other. It was an absolutely immaculate uh, collection. And his flat got robbed. But clearly the guy who robbed dad, no idea what he was robbing. Because he didn't take any of the retro stuff that was worth money that he could have like, you know, hawked on eBay and stuff. He basically just took all the new stuff. So he just, you know, nicked his 360 and what have you. But the thing that really irked Woods the most wasn't that he lost his Oblivion save file, which had, you know, multiple, de- like uh, you know, tens upon tens upon tens of hours that he lost there. It's that the guy that nicked it used the Thundercats duvet as like an escape bag, as basically like his swag bag. And he was like, like, you know, the, the 40, 50 hours on, on Oblivion is one thing, but that was sort of irreplaceable. Yeah, like you you might even be able to like recover a cloud save or something for Oblivion or or, or whatever. But, but you know, you're not going to be able to... Da- you wouldn't download a duvet cover, Luke. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, your next gift. What am I going to pick out? Because I've actually got a, f- I've got a couple of options here. What am I going to get for you? This well, is exactly the mess I get into at Christmas, is I actually end up with too many choices for people. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same thing. Right, I'm going to go to page 108, I believe, is where we are heading next. Ooh. Okay, wow, this is going early. It's not a ring, is it, Luke? It is It is not a ring, no. No, maybe maybe next year. Um, but we're going to go to 108. Let me scroll to it myself. And I'm going to get you this wonderful Star Trek Next Generation alarm clock that also speaks to you. That is incredible. Although I regret, you know, I missed this page because I'm seeing a gift on here that I should have immediately got for you. Is it the Biker Mice from Mars alarm clock? Oh, absolutely. Biker Mice from Mars is lousy across this catalogue, which is Isn't odd because just? I think they were on their way out at this point. So this is really Argos playing catch up. Well, this is, I got, I so I just on that, I got that uh, Biker Mice from Mars alarm clock. I've actually told the story on the podcast before when I emailed the creator of the show about an alarm clock that I had that would go helmets on, it's time to rock and ride. And it would just go off at all random points. That was that alarm clock. Amazing. But, oh, this Star Trek one, it's so cool. You've got the Enterprise. It's being pursued by, I think it's the, um, it's being pursued by what could be the Klingons. I, I think, I, as I said, the scan of this is pretty bad. Yeah. But, but amazingly, and this speaks to the kind of fan this is designed for, it can wake you up in English saying the Enterprise is under attack, wake up and do something, or under Klingon. 
<laughs> oh, that's delightful. And you you basically um, disarm it by detaching the saucer section, which is oh, that's that's a lot of fun. That is genuinely something that I would love. I would, I would like to say I'd something I'd still use today, but I get the feeling it would actually annoy the piss out of me fairly quickly. Fun for a bit. Yeah, I've been watching actually a fair bit of Star Trek Next Gen and Two Degree Voyager recently, just background noise on the TV, and they showed the episode recently where Scotty comes back, mm-hmm. and there's a scene in it between Picard and Scotty on the bridge of the original Enterprise, and I, I mean this with the, the greatest respect, but James Doohan is not one of nature's greatest actors. He's good in the role but he has range. But there is this scene between him and Patrick Stewart on the bridge of the Enterprise where he's just kind of reminiscing about the good old days and the delivery and the conviction on it from both him and Picard, actually, as Picard's remembering his first command. It's absolutely captivating. It kind of brought a bit of a tear to my eye. It was really, really sweet. And I'm glad that scene existed because, my God, Scotty is annoying as piss in a lot of the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, we need to get into a bit of um, next gen. I've been in a bit of a next gen mood as of late, only because, like uh, Ollie, I mentioned earlier, he what he was he got into a bit of a next gen mode recently, and he just kept telling me about like all of the episodes he was watching, and I was like, man, I really do need to like get my ass into gear and, and get them back on because I do really enjoy watching next gen. Um, also, while we're on this page, that uh, Bart Simpson alarm clock, my cousin had that, and I thought it was really cool. I know a lot of people that had that Bart Simpson alarm clock. You still see that Bart Simpson alarm clock occasionally, usually broken yes. in charity shops or retro shops. Michael. A Timex Indiglow Iron Man watch. Pardon? A 16-hour stopwatch, and water resistant to 100 meters. And Lisa? A 35mm Minolta camera. Automatic focus, automatic flash, fully automatic. So, it's automatic? Yes, but you do have to be there. And what about Dad? A Philip shaver with sideburn and moustache trimmer. And how about Mum? The same. Very clever. You just have to know where to look. Oh, dear. For a whole catalogue of answers, Argos takes care of it. Get ready for action! Three, two, one! The deadly Dr. X plans world destruction from the deep. But scuba diver action man dives into action with authentically detailed deep water gear, magnetic mines, and spring-loaded spear gun. Where is he now? Here, as ninja action man, armed with swords, hidden dagger, and spring-loaded crossbow, get the point X. Scuba diver and ninja warrior and Dr. X. Aha, a governor's ship. Ready to board! Course northeast! Pirates! I got the treasure! Pull me up! What will happen to Captain Roger and his new pirate ship and Mega System? 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Max, I got you a cake, a rock cake. <laughs> Mighty Max and the horror of the Hellcat. Will he escape? He's fixing your hands. Hey, you want to play Screwball Scramble? Yes. Okay. On two double CD collections, red and blue. Check them out. What have you got next for me, Ash? Well, I mean, how old were you in 1994, Luke? 1994, I am nine years old. You are nine years old. You are so close to getting into the double digits and becoming a man. You get me a razor. Close. Page 533. 533, right. Give me a second. It's a, bit, it's a big old book. There's the 40s. 5533. Five, three. Oh, I'm in, we're in stereo land. 533. Three. Oh, we're in stereos. It's a fucking Walkman. 
Number 16, the Iowa HSPX 347 <gasps> Personal Stereo. Oh. It's a feral beauty of a little stereo. Iowa at this point were really good for stereos. Uh, they were very, very close behind Sony when it came to the quality and build of their Walkman. And when I was flipping through these pages, because I thought, you know what? He's a big boy now. I should get him a Walkman. I saw that one and I immediately knew that was the one that I would get you because... <laughs> it's the one I've got here boxed. It is the exact it is exactly the same as my Walkman that I use now and so I'm like I know that is a quality quality Walkman. It's when they just started to get slimline, it's a metal case, it's not plasticky and it feels sturdy. That looks like it's brand new. I lucked out when I got this. This was from a charity shop. There was a spate of Walkmans appearing in charity shops around Croydon last year and I got this one. And it even still has the headphones inside, the pack-in wow. headphones. The only downside to it, and why it's not currently being used a lot more than it would be, is it needs to have the belt replaced. Oh, and that right. is a fiddly-as-fuck job. Yeah. So that is why that is on the shelf in the box, because that is a job for future Ash. <laughs> that is not 2021 Ash's problem. So what would nine-year-old Luke be listening to on his new Walkman? 1994, um probably i might have gone out into 1995 i was thinking it might have been weezer's blue album but i think i got into that in 95 same with corn's first album as well although i may have had that by 94 you were a nine-year-old with a corn album yeah my well my cousin was you know my cousin's six years older than i am and he he was going to see like corn and rage against the machine in concert and things like that and he would come back and tell me about them and show me his ticket stubs and, and this and the other and then you would like play the cds to me whenever i'd go up to visit um different cousins of that that had the bart simpson clock although same family um so it was probably that i think i would have thought if not it would have been a beatles album that had been taped off a cd to cassette see that's the thing is i couldn't exactly get you any cds to go with it from later in the uh, later in the um catalog you know there's because obviously they would fit but you know may- maybe i'd sneakily include a couple of bootlegs in there that's it yeah like i was my mum and i were very big into like recording cds like borrowing cds off friends then recording them to tape my parents had a hi-fi that that had that capability my hi-fi didn't i don't think so we used to use the downstairs one to be able to do that you could with a little bit of trimming and not that i advocate trimming songs from the red and blue albums you could fit a nice little 90 minute compilation of beatles from their entire career by having most of the red album on one side and most of the blue album on the other there's mm. a few tracks you could cut out not many but there's a few yeah that's a bit of a tasty number i think that's probably what i was listening to at that point anyway on my and if not that then uh never mind was uh was a very was a big one uh, i very much enjoyed that and i don't know if i was into i don't think i particularly got rage at this point i think like rage was a bit too scary even though I was listening to Corn, Rage felt a bit too scary. Yeah, Corn was a 15, Rage was a hard 18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got Rage in the title. Although I will say, talking to music, and for those of you that are Patreons, I've done my research, and whereas we previously covered the number one film and song for Christmas 94, I've got the complete top 10 that was on top of the pops that week. And boy, howdy, there's some music in there that I thought came a lot later than it actually did. So I'm looking forward to discussing that with you a little bit later. And our patrons will hopefully hear that within the next week. Right. Here's my next gift for you, Ash. Ooh, what do we got? We did say three, didn't we? We did say three. Okay. Oh, man, do I give you the good gift or do I give you the joke gift? 
I'll give you the I'll give you the nice gift, but I will tell you what the joke gift was. Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, page 632. It's not the Pingu doll. Oh, I see. Okay. We are... Oh, wow. There's some choices on this because on, on this page, we've got we've got some gladiators. We've got, some, we've got a lot of Jerry Anderson, and I'm really hoping it's not the Superman suit. <laughs> it's not the Superman suit, no. Now, obviously, I would probably go Jerry Anderson because there's some Captain Scarlet on here. There's some Thunderbirds on here, including Tracy Island, and everyone knows the best one, Thunderbird 2, because it comes with Thunderbird 4. But the one that really caught my eye, but I don't know how tall it is, it's the gladiator's wall Ooh. in the top right-hand corner. Yeah. That, do you know, I remember the duel because they've also got the, the duel action figure here. But I do not remember them having the wall. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that looks like a really cool playset. Although it does say figures not included. So you buy someone this and essentially you get a sheet of plastic. Well, I could get you some of the Power Rangers that are like a couple of pages early and you can use those instead. Are you Power Rangers fighting in Gladiators? I'm pretty sure that's what the current Power Rangers off the grid video game or whatever it's called is essentially right now. But oh, Gladiators. Mm. Yeah, I'll be honest, there is a lot of good stuff on this page. And a lot of it is actually available today. You can get various iterations of the Jerry Anderson stuff today, including the Captain Scarlet stuff. Um, just for future reference, I am definitely more Captain Scarlet than Thunderbirds. Okay. Always because I'm a horror know. fan. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that makes sense. He dies every fucking episode. <laughs> but, oh, the Gladiator stuff. The Gladiator's toys were the ones I think I wanted, but also I was aware I might be a bit too old mm. to get away with getting. Because, you know, I'm a few years older than you, Luke. So, you know, there's... There was a limit on how many toys I could get. It doesn't mean I didn't want toys. It's just I thought I couldn't get away with asking for them. I was tempted because the page beforehand um, has, has all the Biker Mice from our stuff that you were mentioning earlier, but it's also got lots of Aliens toys as well, including, look at that, item number 20, that Aliens backpack that's got artwork on there from the Aliens cartoon series that never came out. Yes. Now, funnily enough, one of my backup gifts was... I screenshotted page 631, so I had it as reference, and I was annotating it using my iPad, and I just wrote on this page for you all of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just, just get you all <laughs> yeah. of the Biker Mice from Mars and all of those weird-as-hell alien action figures because we've got the Snake Alien, we've got the Scorpion Alien, we've got the Rhino Alien, the Bull Alien, and, of course, a standard alien warrior... We've got two iterations of the Alien Queen. Or is it, wait, no, it's an Alien Queen and an Alien King. Yeah. No, wait, it's an Alien Queen and a Flying Alien Queen. I oh, thought I saw yes. it referred to as an Alien King. Sorry, I misread. I thought I was reading 21 there where it said Corporal. I was like, maybe it's Corporal Alien. That's Corporal no, Hicks. It, it, this is Corporal Hicks, <laughs> yeah. back from the dead. It's about time. R.I.P. Neil Blomkamp's sequel. <laughs> oh, I know. Isn't it sad? I felt real bad for him as well because like, he got screwed over by Fox during the Halo movie as well. And then, you know, during like that time, he was like, I would never go back and work for Fox ever again. Like They absolutely fucked me over with the Halo movie. And then he went back to do Alien 5 with them and they just fucked him over again. Yeah, I mean, he's only got like four or five movies to his name at the moment. And he should have way more than that at this point. He's got screwed over on a number of steps, which is a shame because he just needs someone to give him a chance to run. Yeah, absolutely. Like Taika Waititi, he needs someone to give him the chance to run with the ball. And the fact that he lost out, he lost out on an alien movie that Sigourney Weaver would have been willing to have been involved in. Yep. Oh, and he had the whole lot of them back on. Michael Bean, Lance Henriksen, they were all in for it. And Sigourney was done with yeah. Alien. 
When you've got an idea that appeals to Sigourney Weaver and you let that slip, oh, that's bad. Before we move on to your final gift, can I show you the joke gift I was going to get you? Go on then. Uh, So uh, 655 to a few pages later. Oh dear. Okay. (laughs) What have we got? Well, we're on the plushies page here. I could have got you a, a Zig from Zig and Zag. Could have got you a Sonic 2 one that looks like it's been run over. But we all know which one I'm going to get you. Uh, bottom left, little pink bugger. A little yep. Mr. Blobby plush. Yep, syphilis in plush form. It's only $7.95. Yeah, I know. Do they pay you that to take the fucker away? <laughs> yeah. It's like Annabelle, the doll. I had a few other things I'd picked out for you as well. There was um, a molding kit that you can make uh, X-Men figures out of that you could then paint. Oh, I thought it was pretty rad. There was also a Screwball Scrabble and there was a Star Trek VHS game. But I, I, I'll, I'll stick with the three that I picked out for you. I have that Star Trek VHS game now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was on my list of things that we could probably play in person in the, you know, b- before things went the way they went but maybe yes. maybe at some point in the future i've got like a couple of atmospheres i've got the star trek vhs game all right here we go third and final gift then i mean i look at the gifts i've got you thus far and the bed sheets practical really you know it's practical it's something you get use of all year round same with the walkman it's something that will hopefully sit with you for a good long time oh you gotta bloody love a walkman they'll last for ages i, that, I mean the fact that i've got one that bar the belt still works and looks like new after all this time definitely speaks to that but it's christmas so what you really want is something absolutely stupid that takes up way too much space <laughs> right, okay so turn to page 623 623 okie dokie here we go uh skeletrics i'm scrolling past here turn to page 625 625 sorry bottom of the bottom of the screen was covered up and i thought it was three 63 was the micro machines page but 625 is holy heckins would you look at that i mean if it's what i think it is it's that big bugger that's in the middle right number 17 the otomi aurora afx cry key look at the size of this thing the vertigo set you can imagine why it's called vertigo now i never had a scalectrics but i did have the Tomy Aurora AFX. And the reason why I say Tomy Aurora AFX is because there was previously the Aurora AFX slot cars in America and elsewhere around the world. They're a much smaller scale than your traditional scale electrics. In fact, you know the mini scale electric you can get now? Mm-hmm. They're about that size. But the advantage is you could actually get a lot more track and a lot more complicated courses in a lot smaller space. So with this set... To describe it to the listeners, you've got uh, hairpins, you've got a loop-the-loop, you've got vertical climbs, you go all over the place. It is... It, is, it, it looks nuts. It's the sort of thing, I, I haven't played it yet, but it's been on my mind, that Hot Wheels game. This is the sort of thing that, it, it, this looks like, you know, the to- a toy version of that, essentially, where you just build these wacky, massively insane tracks. I would have loved this as a kid. That's the absolute great thing with this set is if you built a set like this out of scale electrics you would essentially have to give over the entire living room dining room possibly garage you might even need a conservatory built but and you can see this even though it looks huge and complicated it's also very compact you know there's a lot it's like um it's like a decent roller coaster at Alton Towers or similar it's lots of tight curves and concentric circuits and the thing is 
there is real skill to this. Because if you just hammer down the accelerator, your car is ending up in the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. You, you, but if you go too slow, you're going to stall going up the bank. You, there's a real, real skill to the Aurora AFX, much like all slot car racing. And I saw this and I'm like, Luke, as a kid, would love that. And more importantly, Luke, as an adult, would also probably love that. You'd app your goddamn right you would. Yeah, that looks rad as all get out. That's great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, on to the gifts we wouldn't want to receive. Yeah. What have you got other than Sonic bedsheets again? Well, do you know what? I've, I've just, I've wrote, it, I wrote this down. And now, the, as I think about it, I'm starting to think this might have been what I wrote down last year as well. Let me find it. Where are we? What page is it on? It's on page 601. Would it be a spirograph, perchance? It is a spirograph. Did I have that last year? You did. I thought you did. I you did. went on a good old diatribe about Spirograph because bloody hell, there's a lot of Spirographs you could choose from here, Luke. There's at least three you could hate. Well, here's the thing as well. So I'm pretty sure I had the Spirograph last year. Do you know what else I would have got this year? I'd have got the one that's above it, the Color Blaster. Because my parents really, you know, encouraged me through all of their means, through all of their love to make me be a bit a bit more artsy and a bit more creative and i just wasn't very good at it and these things just made me feel bad made me feel like i was bad at doing art and i love my parents for trying but just get me the action man jeep like that's what i've written on my christmas list it fires out rockets that's the kid i am yeah you you're more into the destruction than than the creative construction yeah it's it's, i'm just not very good at this sort of thing I'll remember next year. I won't pick a Spirograph again because there'll probably be another five different sets of Spirograph in next year's catalogue. Absolutely. I mean, they keep farming those things out. You can still buy Spirographs today, which seems bloody pointless to me, but never mind. What have you got? Now, 1994, going on 1995, is around when I got into fishing because I grew up in a rural area. There wasn't much to do. And I saw a documentary on the BBC about fishing and it really kind of like set the wheels in motion in my head. But I didn't have a huge amount of money. And the fishing shop at that point was a scary place. It was full of things I didn't understand, old men, and it smelt weird, probably because of the prevalence of maggots. So I would have gone, as I did, to Argos. And on page 442... 442, okay. Good, solid football formation. Oh, I've gone past it. 442. Here we go. All right, I'm there. I got set number four the Kingfisher Freshwater Fishing Outfit. It's a 10-foot rod made of three pieces of fiberglass. It comes with what is generously called a fishing reel. It comes with a little bait tub, a catapult, some disgorgers, some floats, and a piece of bent wire that is essentially sold as a rod rest. This was my first foray into fishing. It is amazing I went more than once. Oh dear. It was a bad rod. It was a bad reel. It barely functioned as a reel. Uh, The floats didn't float. They had a weight rating on them that did not match reality. In fact, I don't think you even had enough weight with the kit to set it properly or the right types. Everything went wrong with this fishing kit. And it wasn't long after I bought it that I was taken to a proper fishing shop and I got properly set up. I kept the rod The rod Mm. was the only bit that lasted. And in fact, I still have that fishing rod until today. Not that it's used, but I kind of just keep it because one, it's got some nostalgia attached to it. And two, it's really difficult to throw fishing rods away. They're basically 10 foot of fiberglass. Yeah. 
That can't, it's easy. hard to put that into a recycling bin. Even in three bits, it's like, how do you recycle it? What What is it recycled as? But I would have hated to have received that gift, gift as a Christmas present because I wanted to go fishing. I wanted to be like these guys that I saw on TV that were getting into adventures and climbing around lakes and doing all this stuff. And my first experiences with this kit nearly broke me. Just, just like, I felt like an abject failure with it. It was to me as Spirograph was to you. It just makes you feel bad at the thing they were trying to, you're trying to get yourself into. Yeah, I mean, with you, it was your parents trying to motivate you to be creative. For me, it was me try, seeing these people and wanting to emulate them and be like them. And if I'd been given that as a gift, I think I'd have felt even worse than as it was spending my own money on it. Mm-hmm. Because at least by spending my own money on it, I, I didn't feel any obligation to anyone other than myself to persevere. And I think if I'd felt obliged to an aunt or an uncle or to my parents, I would have resented it more. As it is, I eventually stopped being scared of fishing shops. And, you know, I, it really led to me embracing nature, learning a lot more about the countryside that was around me, learning a lot more about the rivers and our systems and everything like that. So on some levels, I've got a lot to be thankful for with this set. But it is a terrible, terrible gift because it is not fit for its purpose. And scrolling through this catalogue and seeing it was a real flashback moment, and not in a pleasant way, just in a, I remember how useless this gift made me feel. Mm. So there we go, that's nice and dark. Well, I mean, we can wrap things up. Are there any other things you saw in the catalogue that you wanted to highlight? Uh, the amazing selection of LCD handheld shitty games. I almost oh, got you the Sonic yeah. 3 one because I they were that terrible. that Sonic 3 one. That is they were a, terrible. A, it's beautiful artwork, though. Like, here's the thing with Tiger Electronics. The Tiger handheld things, I almost like nearly gone to a period of my life where I was collecting those as well. Not to play, but I always thought they just looked nice. They've always got really nice artwork on them and they would have looked really nice as like a collection on a wall. I will give you that. Uh, the one other thing that was actually a very close to being one of your presents was on page 667. Wait, let me scroll down. 667. Right towards the back, that one. That's where we get into the video game stuff. 667. Mm. 67, right? I'm there. Number 14. Ooh, the lovely Mega Drive arcade pad. Six-button version for your Street Fighters. Mm-hmm. Well, that pad that's directly above that one, number 12, that is the second Mega Drive pad I ever had. Oh, the Competition Pro. That was my second, like, we had a proper official six-button pad, and we had that one. When my brother bought uh, Street Fighter 2, and he got two six-button pads with it, that was the other one. And I've told the story on the podcast before, but how I beat Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's Invention, which actually is for sale in this in this Argos catalog, by the by, is through this pad. Because there's a level on there where you are cycling away from a, uh, um, a dog catcher, and you've got to press A and B independently of each other, to cycle to pedal while pressing c to jump and the way i got through this level was by using the competition pro doing the turbo things on a and b to cycle i could just focus on pressing the jump so uh, pressing c to jump over obstacles see one change i would make though with this gift is i would not get you the version in the argos catalog i would get you the japanese version mm-hmm. there was a key difference between the japanese and the version of this stick released elsewhere in the world japanese version had micro switches underneath the buttons as opposed to rubber membranes, which meant it was much closer to that true arcade experience. You got the proper clicky to it. Yeah, very nice. I mean, some of the selection of board games, you've already mentioned the atmosphere. You've mentioned the appearance of Warhammer. Of course, there's a Teleaddict game and a Super Blockbusters game and all that kind of stuff. There's also a Knowles House Party game. 
That was almost one of the items I've nearly got, yeah. There's the Crystal Maze game, which I have downstairs. That is also in the pile of games, which I would like to play with you when we eventually can actually sit together and do that. In that board game section, that Guess Who, Cluedo and Game of Life, those are the ones that we had. Like, those are the box designs that I remember. The family standards. But yeah, that Game of Life in particular, I remember that box. I don't think we owned it, but I do think I remember seeing it. Like, seeing it around in the shops and maybe at friends' house. Also, last gasp on page 637 for Meccano. Hmm, yeah, it's still knocking around. And on page 636, down in the bottom right was a real top contender for you. 636, hold on. 636. <gasps> oh, well, like we're in Mighty Max territory here. And then, is that, um, did you say bottom left or bottom right? Bottom right. Bottom right. Is it Monster Zone? Monster face. Monster face, the gruesome monster head you make and remake into the most monstrous monsters imaginable. It's alive! Then you bring it to life! Now for the test! Monster face comes with everything shown here. It's essentially a horror style Mr. Potato Head type thing. That's it was launched rad. in 92 and you had the skull-like head with holes to which you could attach accessories. There were like bugs, fangs, teeth, noses, blisters. It had green slime. Um, you could move the eyes and the jaw. And also it had an air pump and there were blisters you could make bulge. Oh. It was a proper horror kid's dream. That's and great. That was one I always wanted, but again, never had. To be fair, looking back on it, well, I'd love to have it now. It's very much a one-trick pony. You're only going to get so much mileage out of it before it just goes to the bottom of the toy chest. But I reckon the mileage you got would be excellent, particularly as you could move the, the eyes and the mouth. Yeah, you could absolutely. kind of puppeteer it. Uh, last couple of notes from me. Can I direct your attention to page 95? Go cool, going right back. Yeah, we're in the Elizabeth Duke section here. Ooh, the watches. We are in the watches here now. There's a nice Gladiators watch there. A lovely Sonic the Hedgehog one there, which although I can't have, it's got a stainless steel back. But the one that jumped out to me, number 21, it's a Mighty Max watch that's actually got a pop-up section to it with a Mighty Max inside. That is really cool. And that little Mighty Max would go missing within the first day. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's fine because it's the same size as the other Mighty Maxes, so you can pop one from the other collections. Oh, Sorted. Also, do you say you couldn't have it because it had a stainless steel back? I'm allergic to it. I've got to have um, titanium. I had no idea. Yeah, my wedding ring's titanium. It's why, like, my, my wedding ring, I had one choice of the design. And that was because that's the only titanium one I could get. So is it just, like, any contact with stainless steel or prolonged? It just brings me up. In it. I don't know what it is. It's just, like, when I was a kid, we used, my mum used to buy me watches. And then I would just get little rashes on my wrist and stuff from the stainless steel back. Wow. But, like... I this is completely off topic for the podcast and may not stay in, but I'm just like, what about with things like saucepans and stuff like that? Yes, that seems to be fine. Just, yeah, maybe it's a prolonged thing. Or maybe it's like, like you know... a combination like, of sweat. Sweat yeah, and... It, whatever yeah. it was, it's just that's what used to knacker me out. Ah, that's absolutely fascinating. Interesting one is you see on the top of that page, uh, number 20. Uh, yes, I do recognise that watch, yeah? Yeah, or number 20 or number 18... I'm fairly certain that that was my first watch. Mm, yeah, that's the sort because of thing I remember. Because it came with the like book that. of telling you how to tell the time. Yeah, with the red and blue straps and things like that. Exactly, yeah. 
And very last thing that I wanted to draw your attention to, please uh, head to uh, page 505. Scroll too far. Oh, fuck me, it's the Philips CDI. Not only that, you get two free games with it, one of which is Mystic Midway, the other which is International Tennis Open with the greatest graphics you'll ever see in your life. It's got the best graphics you've ever seen in your life. The absolute greatest graphics you'll ever see in your life, bro. Oh my God. £349 for this CDI and then another £150 for the digital video cartridge, basically the MPEG decoder that sits with it. That's what John, it wasn't just the Philips CDI that jumped out to me. It was the inclusion of International Tennis Open. It's like a lovely way Best to graphics get... you've ever seen. It's a, it's a nice way to bring this podcast together. We go full circle. And I guess <laughs> that wraps up our look at the Argos catalogue, our picking of Christmas gifts for each other, and the end of our second year as mm-hmm. a podcast. And what a year it has been. It has, like, you know, you and I thought that we would uh, be doing all of this in person. As it turns out, we've now done basically two whole years of this show in isolation from each other. We have still yet to really see each other in person. The only time we have done was at the Games Master tapings for Series 8. Uh, but if everything goes to plan, if nothing does go tits up next year and we don't go back into a lockdown, we will see each other again on January 14th and under consultation live, watching the Gore special together, celebrating our second birthday, in fact. So it'll be seven days after our official second birthday together. So a very I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And whilst I guess the last two years have not gone exactly as we initially planned back on that first meeting in October in a pub near where you work. I look back at this past year and the stuff we have done. We talked to Dominic Diamond. Twice. Twice. We've been talked to and attended the tapings of a new series of Games Master. We've interviewed challengers, old and new. Hosts, old and new. We've got some stuff that we've done this year that we still can't fully talk about and you won't find out about until next year. And... We've got this amazingly supportive base of listeners and patrons and Discord members behind us, which is just really, really nice. There's a lot of negativity out there, but for the most part, the people we interact with are just absolutely bloody lovely and have made this a joy. Yeah, it's been really nice doing it this year. Like particularly this year, because we had the, you know all the book stuff and speaking with Dominic, speaking with Darren. So like being like being asked to help launch that kickstarter was like you know a a real like you know taking a back moment and the reception that we have had from people about that and sort of like their their happiness for us that we got to be we got to do that you know like the the the, you can hear the joy in in cliff's messages that he that he sent to us when we were thanked in the credits for games master series eight it's just it's a, a gorgeous little community that we have and it really is a, it is a oh, I, I just love its pieces absolutely and I, I was looking back at this past year and there's been a lot of highlights and I was trying to think you know what is my favorite moment and I've actually got two I think and they're small moments the first was actually finding out you were going to be a dad that that genuinely like absolutely made my year because I could see how much joy just that fact was bringing you and like seeing the first pictures of the little one and stuff like that. That was so lovely. And, you know, to see that and see the love and joy that it's bringing you and your household, your family now. And the other was that taping, attending that last day of Games Master taping. And it was cool to stand in that in that room with you 
on that set watching those challenges, something I don't think either of us thought we'd ever see. But genuinely, my favourite under-consultation memory of this year was getting to sit for an hour in a garden pub with you and just have a couple of pints. Yeah, like all off the, all the off-mic stuff where we were just, just chatting and catching up. Yeah, it, it it's something we haven't had a chance to do for a long time and it's something I hope we get to do more of next year. Yeah. Like, finally actually get to play some fucking video games together, man. <laughs> no. We have actually never played video games together because yeah. when we've met, it was for recording and trying to get the backlog sorted and then we've been remote. Isn't it funny, actually? I, I think back to when you and I were asked to do a challenge for Series 8 and uh, Ben, the guy who was talking to us about it, was sort of like, what game would you like to play? What game do you play together? And it was at that moment then I was like, oh my God, me and Ash have never played a game against each other. Not because we don't want to, but just because we've we've literally had the chances taken from us yeah because even when you and i were in heart of gaming recording the patreon video thing we didn't have time then to play games either because we had to record the patreon video we had to get done quickly because you had to get home because when we recorded that patreon video we were close to hitting lockdown yeah and you wanted to get home quickly and also like heart of gaming wasn't going to be open that late that night they were on the cusp of closing down for the lockdown and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we've had a lot of opportunities taken away from us, shall we say. Yeah. But hopefully 2022, things will things aren't going to go back to normal. I'm not that much of a naive idiot, but hopefully we'll get a few more chances. Hopefully so. And we hope that we can see you there as well next year. We'll have done series five and series six by the end. By this time next year, we'll have done both of those series and we'll be nearing almost the end of this run. Uh, as we head into 2023, which also seems pretty mad. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, you all joining us along that journey. Me too. And I hope you all have like a wonderful Christmas or just a period of rest. If you don't celebrate it, I don't mind. Basically, be safe. And whatever happens between us recording this and us releasing this, be safe. Have a great Christmas if you celebrate it. Have a restful time if you don't. But just be well, look after yourselves, look after each other. And thanks for supporting us here. It means more than I have words for. Also, watch Games Master Series 8 on all four and inflate those numbers over the Christmas period because that might get us another series. And then we never finish and we just go on (laughs) forever and ever. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. We love each and every single one of you. We will see you in 20... Next week in the free feed, by the way, is uh, UCP Extra's Christmas special from last year where we did uh, Gladiators, the Battle of the Gladiators. And it is. It was a lot of fun. As I said last week... John Fashnew's knob falls out and it's hilarious. It is, it is absolutely one of my favourite bits of editing I've done for the show. Like the, the under-consultation extras are the ones where I normally kind of do a lot of the editing sometimes. And there's two that I've done complete. One was Gladiators and the other was Nightmare Live. And whilst I had a lot of fun playing Treyguard for Nightmare, from an editing perspective, I, I'm most proud of Battle of the Gladiators. So enjoy that next week. That'll be our Christmas present to all of you. And we will see you in 2022. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.